Welcome, birders. This is Ed Pullen, your host on the Bird Banter Podcast, where birders talk birding. I've had a nice run of podcast guests recently, and I hope you've enjoyed learning their story and hearing their stories. I'm just home from a six-week trip now, where Mary and I spent two weeks at a friend's vacation home at Big, Big Pine Key, Florida, before flying to Costa Rica for another four weeks there. It's been a while since I've been home to host a guest online, and my plan to have a Costa Rica bird guide record an episode after our trip flopped when my recorder didn't work. I think the humidity there did it in. I've sent it in to get a replacement. We'll do it online later, but for now, I've decided to put up a solo episode talking about the trip. The first two weeks in the Florida Keys were eye-opening for me and fun. We flew from Seattle to Key West on February 22nd and spent the next two weeks on Big Pine Key. It's about a 45-minute drive north of Key West. This was planned as a time to explore the lower keys, relax, get out of the rain here in the Pacific Northwest, and to try to squeeze in some birding. I've birded Florida enough that I've seen most of the regularly occurring winter species there and decided not to chase rarities if there were a long drive from where we were staying. Big Pine Key is just over 10 square miles. That makes it one of the larger of the Florida Keys in the south part of the Keys, and it's also one of the least developed Keys. Key deer have their stronghold there, and Big Pine Key, as well as the neighboring no-name key, have the National Key, excuse me, the National Key Deer Refuge. Key deer are a very small subspecies of white-tailed deer. And they are just everywhere there. The bucks, when fully grown, are only 55 to 75 pounds, and the does are a little bit smaller yet. On Big Pine Key, the speed limits are slow everywhere because they really don't want, they really want to try to avoid deer collisions. And it's common for the deer to walk right up to you if you're sitting in a chair in a yard, just checking you out to see if they can poach something to eat. My favorite birding spot on Big Pine Key was called Blue Hole. It's an abandoned quarry, and it's one of the top birding spots on that key. I think the only e-bird alert bird I saw on the whole trip to the Keys was a pair of American widgeon I found there. Birders were streaming in from all over to see the American widgeon. Seems, you know, location, location. Uh, you know, here in the Northwest, we have just lots of American widgeon all winter. Just across a short bridge from Big Pine Key is No Name Key. It's a, it's a nice, it has a nice shallow lagoon and it held most of the common waders at close range. And in the morning, the light was terrific for viewing and taking photos with lots of white waders. There were great and snowy egrets, the white morphs of the reddish egret and the white race of great blue heron. So sorting them out was fun. Just north of Big Pine Key is Bahia Honda State Park, where there's a good beach for birding with, you know, really the best shore birding I found in the Keys was there. There were lots of sandaling and ruddy turnstones, few least sandpipers mixed in. And on one day, on the drive out, I got a lesser black back gull, which I was excited about, although it didn't even make the eBird filter. We spent one morning at Key West Zachary Taylor State Park. It's an it's an old uh, pre-Civil War artillery defense for the for the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, and it's it's got a nice big fort with a moat around it that can hold some ducks and has a little riparian habitat. And it has a nice beach for swimming and people were snorkeling. It's a beautiful beach. Uh, and uh, good numbers of uh, palm, myrtles, yellow rumped, and prairie warblers. 
and had great shade under the pine trees there. The pine trees there are real controversial. We talked to one woman who's been on a, working with a group to decide to save the pine trees. I guess they're Australian pine trees. They're not native. And there's been a big move to have them removed uh, in favor of native plants. But boy, I can I can see her point. If they remove those pine trees, it is just going to be broiling hot there. People really enjoy going to the beach, be able to sit back in the shade of the pine trees, walk down to the beach when they want to swim. And I don't think without the without the pine trees, I'd have stayed there very long. It would have been just blistering hot. We did take a side trip, uh, an overnight trip from our place on Big Pine Key, mid-trip to the Everglades. Marion had never been to the Everglades, and it's one of my favorite places to bird in the whole world. It was my first day of birding was in the Everglades with Kay, and uh, just has really fond memories. I've been there with all of my whole family. I was there once with my daughter. I was there once with... Uh, my whole family, uh, and I've been there with Kay, and now I've been there with Marion and been there alone. So I like the Everglades. It's really fun. Uh, you probably know the Everglades is a big, wide, shallow river that essentially uh, runs through, especially in the rainy season, or runs through the Everglades. And so there's lots of habitat, and it's uh, really most of it inaccessible uh, except by canoe or kayak or uh you know, really slugging around, uh, but mostly stay on the roads and the trails, and it, I love it. Anyway, we uh, got a chance to get down to the Gumbo Limbo Trail, the Anhinga Trail, right near the entrance, and, and went all the way into Flamingo and Echo Pond. Really nice. One of the favorite things we saw there was really great looks at Woodstork. We stumbled on some Woodstork at Echo Pond, and they were just really close and had fabulous looks. I think it was a life bird for Marion. We spent the night at a hotel outside the Everglades, and in the morning, did my only real chase of the trip. It really wasn't a chase. It was just a 45-minute drive to South Miami to see the newly listable red-masked parakeets at the Miller Drive Roost at Brewer Park in South Miami. Uh, they were easy enough to find, but they were pretty high up in a tree, and I didn't have a, a much of a scope. So I was really fortunate uh, that a really friendly local guide there, Mariah, and I think her last name is Grinowich, uh, of Woodstar Tours. She's, I think it's a one-person uh, uh, tour group. She leads tours around Florida, and I think elsewhere. Seemed really pleasant and quite competent. She shared her scope, and it was really nice. Got great looks at these birds. After that, Marion wanted to do an airboat Everglades tour, so we drove up the Tamiani Highway for a ways and caught a short trip on, on an airboat, which is kind of fun, before heading back down the Keys to Big Pine Key. Really, there was very little migration going on. I was hoping that towards the end of our time there, early March, we'd start to see a lot more migrant uh, passrooms, but just didn't happen. Uh, so my my, uh, my list was not that great, but the weather was terrific, and it's a beautiful place. That's a bird, uh, excuse me, it's a fishing paradise. Everybody there seems to be a fisherman. Everybody has a boat. Uh, it, it's really beautiful. Uh, so we had a nice time there. And then we headed for Costa Rica. We flew from uh, Miami to San Jose on March 8th. And uh, one of uh, my tasks on this trip was, as, as usual, when I'm going to visit my daughter, Jean, who lives there, I was a mule. So the, the big thing she needed this time was some parts for her car. Uh, and there were axle parts, kind of big, heavy parts to, to lug around. Uh, but we, uh, I managed to get them there uh, and uh, met Jean and Alan the night we got in at and uh, passed off the axles. So our load was a lot lighter after that. We spent the night at the Hot Hotel Monte Campania Heredia, 
where I got a little bit of birding in, got to reacquainted myself with the, some of the common local species, and uh, and got a good night's sleep. So from there, we headed north to a place called Tilahari Hotel Resort. It's an excellent place for birding. It has big grounds with good habitat and nice little trails she can walk around. And I spent each morning wandering the trails, doing some birding. And I got 70, 72 species right on the grounds alone and really loved being there. It was, had a nice pool. The food was excellent. They had buffet for breakfast, had good vegan options for me. Uh, and it was just terrific. So we enjoyed our time there, got rested rest up, started getting accustomed to Costa Rica. And from there, we headed to Canyon Negro. That was my primary birding destination for the early part of the trip. Canyon Negro is a large wetland uh, surrounding a river uh, up near the Nicaraguan border. Uh, we stayed at the Hotel Hotel de Campo Canyon Negro, a really cool place. It was developed by an expatriate from Italy, whose son Andreas really runs the place now. And he is, he does it all. He is a jack of all trades. He acts as the dining room maitre d. He's a receptionist at the hotel. He drives the boat on the boat tours and is the birding guide for the morning trips. Uh, it was really an enjoyable stay. Although in retrospect, from a birding standpoint, I could have planned a more productive trip. Andreas is a really good boat driver, knows the refuge rivers, and is a pretty good birder. Uh, but in terms of being a, a top guide for the whole area, maybe maybe could have found someone a little bit better than that. Uh, but we did have really nice morning rides. Part of the package was uh, a four-hour morning boat ride in the uh, in the refuge each day, and we saw some great birds: yellow-tailed oriole striped cuckoo, two lifers that gave great shows for us, got pied puffbird, and the Nicaraguan grackles were pretty common uh, at Caño Negro. They fly around and they just kind of look different than the common grackles. They hold their tail cocked in a funny way when they fly, so pretty distinctive, and, and their their noise is different than the great great tail grackle. Uh, and of course, the most spectacular bird of all was the jabiru. Uh, we went out three days, and the first two days we did not get Jabiru, and we did not get Agami heron, both species. I thought we'd get on that trip. We never did get the heron. But on the third day, uh, a Jabiru flew right overhead early in the morning. Just long, straight flyover, right low, right over the boat. So got great looks at that. Uh, and I'd hoped to see it, you know, feeding and standing around, but it flew right out of sight. So thought we'd uh, have to settle for a flyby on that bird, but no. On the way back out, at the end of the morning, uh, Andreas spotted uh, a boat that he knew with a bunch of photographers that was way in the distance. So he got a look, and sure enough, past that boat was a Jabiru feeding uh, uh, in, in the shallows there. Well, Andreas drove the boat as far as he could and pulled up the motor, hopped overboard, Haul the boat by hand the last three or four hundred meters uh, to get close to this bird. And so we got great looks at this Jabiru feeding. It was really fabulous. And we got great, a nice, another nice flyby when some dogs came by and flushed it and it flew right back past us. So we got really good looks at that bird. So that was pretty special. Uh, and uh, overall, had a good time birding there. The food there was terrific. The grandpa, the original founder, makes fresh pasta every morning, and the cuisine overall was just excellent. So I could not complain about that at all. Had a, had a swimming pool. I birded the grounds, took a little hike down by down by the lagoon on some trails there a couple of afternoons. So overall, it was fun. And again, nice, nice relaxing trip and, and had a good time. After leaving Conor Negro, we met my daughter and son-in-law, 
Gene and Allen, in San Jose, and then spent two nights at an Airbnb near Cartago to visit a family farm that my South Hill Puyallup Rotary Club is sponsored in converting their farm from a traditional monocrop of corn to a multi-level agroforestry system with Jungle Project, an organization my daughter works with. This organization helps small landowner families develop an eco-friendly farm that can better feed their family and provide a cash crop of breadfruit as a part-time venture, allowing still time for a daytime job. It was really fun to see, and I felt great about the project. It was also fun to just see a small Tico Pueblo. We spent a, an afternoon and evening in town, walked around, had a drink at a little bar there, watched a, a local evening soccer match. It was just, just a beautiful little visit. From there, we went to San Isidro del General, a city of about 50,000 in the southern part of San Jose province. It's close to a property that our family has acquired to develop as a permaculture farm and a possible future vacation home. We birded the property a couple of mornings, and I added spot crown euphonia to my life list there. Always fun to get a life list on one of your uh, home patches. Uh, it has a beautiful river on the lower end of the property, and is only about a kilometer from Los Cusingos the homestead of Alexander Scutch, and just a fabulous birding hotspot. We did bird Los Cosingos one morning also. After a few days there, Marion and I had planned to use my favorite Costa Rica birding guide, Carlos Arena, for a five-day trip to the La Fortuna area to do some more focused and intensive birding. As, as uh, things go on trips, things don't always plan out the way you'd hope, and Marion got really sick, and she had to bail on the trip. But as a side benefit, Alan was able to get some time free to join me. Alan is really an excellent naturalist, a really good botanist, has sharp eyes and fun to be around. And so it was really fun to get to know him a lot better and do some birding with my son-in-law. We left San Isidro early on March 23rd, spent most of the day on trails above the Savegre Mountain Lodge in the San Gerardo de Dota part of Quetzal Valley. I had birded there one day prior, one day previously with Carlos, but this time we went much higher on the trails and got there quite a bit earlier. It was a spectacular day. It's a primary forest with gigantic oak trees as a canopy, many of which are extremely old and just huge. Encinio oak and Robo Blanco oak uh, are just all over the place and they are the dominant canopy tree. Some of them are over five meters in diameter and over 50 meters in height and are just spectacular specimens. They just tower up from the ground uh, and don't have any branches for the first maybe four-fifths of their height and hardly narrow down until they get up to where it starts to branch out. So they're just spectacular, spectacular trees. Uh, in, in times past, these trees were used for for building bridges. You could just lay them across a river and you essentially had a bridge. Uh, so they're really cool trees. Birding was great right from the start. We had spotted wood quail, a lifer for me, right in the parking lot. And as after the day ended, we finished the day with a pair of resplendent, resplendent quetzals perched at incredibly close range, right off the main lodge deck for photos and just just awing the crowd, a lot of oohs and ahs there. Uh, in between, I added 12 lifers, had a great hike, and just a terrific overall day. It's hard to even say what my favorite birds of that walk were, but probably would have to include silvery-fronted tapakulu, barred bacard, and spangled cheek tanager, some pretty darn cool birds. That evening, we had dinner and then went owling. Didn't get the owls we were hoping for, but did get a dusky night jar, just calling like crazy and got glimpses flying right near the road. So that was really fun. The next morning, after an hour of birding before breakfast, we headed up out of the valley, uh, stopped quickly uh, to get my Costa Rica lifer, 
American Dipper, <laughs> a bird we can see pretty easily here in Washington, but you have to get the high elevation and special areas to find it in Costa Rica. So that was fun. From there, we went up the, we went a little bit farther along the Trans-American Highway to the Providencia Road. Uh, it goes right into the Parque Nacional Quetzales and is just really fun high elevation birding. We stopped, really tried for uh, Costa Rican pygmy owl, didn't have any luck with that, but got good looks at a lot of birds and just a lot more big oak trees, spectacular vistas. It's really cool forest there. The forest seems to be primarily made up of a canopy of these oak trees and then a, a high elevation bamboo forest under that with lots of other trees that I had no idea what I was looking at, but just a really cool habitat. It was really fun to be around. And then from there, we went to a really cool little hotel. It's a Parisio Quetzal Lodge where we got some lifers from me, Pegbill Finch and Black and Yellow Silky Flycatcher. Got great looks at Yellow Brown Chlorospingus, which I had seen on my previous trip, but not in the great close-up views we saw there. And of course, they have hummingbird feeders there. And another lifer for me, uh, Fiery-Throated Hummingbird, was just all over the place. We got terrific looks at those. It was just a really, really cool stop. Had lunch there. And then the rest of the day, we pretty much spent traveling to La Fortuna. Uh, we did make a, a, a side stop for Fasciated Tiger Heron, which is another lifer for me. And then we spent a night at the Hotel Lavas Tacatal, and then two nights at the Arnal Parisio Resort and Hot Springs. Uh, most of the birding from this area was done at the Arnal Observatory Lodge Grounds. This is a really cool place. Uh, my understanding is it was originally developed as a place to watch the volcano. Until the last oh, uh, couple of decades, uh, the Arenal volcano was an active volcano and put on quite a show every night with lava flows and uh, just light shows and just a fabulous place to watch the volcano erupt, uh, which hasn't been happening in recent years. See a little puff of steam now and then and I guess some minor eruptions, but nothing really major. Uh, and so the resort has kind of morphed into an echo resort with fabulous birding and lots of people there who are birders and also just nature lovers. Uh, and it's just a really cool place. They have trails and a deck. The observation deck there is spectacular. It has views of the volcano, the, la the lake, uh, and the feeders and plantings around are just terrific. So even people who weren't birders couldn't help but love uh, the, the Montezumas or Pendulas that are just devouring the watermelons and other fruit they had on this feeder. It was a, a really cool fruit feeder, a setup uh, that uh, it would, on a pulley system, they'd let this pulley system down a couple of three times a day and restock the fruit and then pull it back up uh, to where you could see it and it was up high. It was just never seen anything quite like it. It was pretty cool. I won't give a bird by bird report, but I had 88 species on the on day one with a lot more herd only by Carlos and got 28 lifers over the two days there. We spent a full day there and then the next morning also at the Arnold Observatory Lodge area. Favorites, it's hard not to have great curacao be a favorite bird when you see it. They're just spectacular, big, kind of goofy turkey-like birds. The males are all black with a yellow um, blobby thing on the top of their head. Uh, and the females are brown and, and just beautiful colored. Uh, uh, some of the other cool birds, black-crested coquette uh, is a really special hummingbird. And then we had ant birds, oscillated, bicolored, and spotted ant birds gave terrific views. We think we must have been near an army ant swarm, but never really saw the ants. But by the birds who were around, we guessed they may be a little ways off the trail. The road outside the observatory grounds is also very good. And on the second day in the afternoon, we headed down that road uh, to the dam near Aramal, 
and that yielded three species of mot moth, rufous, broadbill, and keelbill mot moths on the ride in, uh, along with my only look uh, of the trip at the herd everywhere, nightingale wren. This is a little brown wren, has almost no tail. It's just calling incessantly all over the place and is really hard to see. I don't know how many times we stopped and got on our hands and knees and looked under the underbrush and never saw it until finally Carlos spotted it in this impossibly narrow little gap between the underbrush to where he actually got a pretty darn good look at this bird. And I actually got a couple of crappy pictures, but it was really fun to see this bird after looking so hard for it. Sometimes uh, the harder you look, the sweeter they are when you finally find them, I think. Uh, and at the end of that day, just as dusk was a coming and we were down by the dam, I spotted a crimson-collared tanager, which was uh, always fun to find your own birds and know what they are. So I got to look at that. We all we all got to look at that. And it was fun at the first, first uh, another lifer for me. And just it was a male. It was just a beautiful bird. From there, uh, we after the second day, we uh, slept another night and then took off early on the long drive back to San Isidro to drop off Carlos. Uh, and from there, went on to Tinamaste, where Mariana had been receiving great nursing care from my daughter, Jean. We had a relaxed visit with both Jean and, and my son, Brett, and his partner, Valeria, who were also there. So we had a really nice time uh, with them and uh, got a little birding in while I was there, but mostly just vacationed, relaxed, had family time, and, and made for a really nice uh, winter getaway from Washington. But I'm happy to be home. So if some of you aren't avid tropical birders and want to get either uh, look at some pictures of some of the bird names that I talked about, or hear more details of the, the birding part of the trip. I have blog posts on the Ed's Birding Notes part of the Bird Banner blog where you can go and see some pictures and, and read more details of the, uh, the actual days of birding. Well, thanks for listening. I put a solo episode up here in part because it's been way longer than usual since my last episode, and I didn't want listeners to think I'd just given up the ghost. I haven't. I'll be back soon with more really good guests, uh, and you'll get a more typical episode uh, in the near future. Thanks for listening. Till next time, good birding. Good day. <laughs>